And welcome to this week's episode of Here's a Thought, the blogcast for people who overthink. I'm Jan M. Flynn, a writer, blogger, and podcaster who overthinks nearly everything. If your brain, like mine, sometimes speeds along like a hamster in a wheel, the point of this show is not to silence the voices in your head, but to give you a brief break from them by listening to the ones in mine. This week, I've been thinking about, well, about thousands of things, but here's one of them, the way dogs seem to reflect their owners' personalities. I'm sure you've had a neighbor with a problem dog, and I'm sure you too have concluded that it's not the neighbor's dog who's the problem. It's the neighbor. Charles Schultz, or one of his Peanuts characters, I forget which, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Snoopy, once said, I love mankind. It's people I can't stand. I quite like the vast majority of people, and I love dogs. But some people, combined with some dogs, are a severe challenge to my better nature. This rarely happens where we live now, although nearly everybody around here has dogs. But they also get dogs and know how to handle them. That wasn't so much the case in our previous neighborhood. It was a densely populated one where many of the residents were way up in years. Well, that was fine. We're hardly spring chickens ourselves. And many of these folks had dogs, which, in theory, was great. Dogs are wonderful, life-affirming companions, generous with their unconditional love and forgiving of our faults. My husband and I have a dog, Molly, who is a treasured family member. But the folks in our former neighborhood seemed to go in for little fur demons who yapped and snarled and twisted around on their hapless owner's leashes at the sight of another canine or an approaching human, practically frothing at their tiny mouths in their desire to get free and chew on an ankle. We walked Molly twice daily. One of the things we did love about our old neighborhood was that once we'd reached its perimeter, there was a large open space with a broad gravel path. Here Molly and other local dogs could be let off leash to roam and sniff and make their daily deposits. There was a strict code of honor among the dog walkers. Pets not well trained to voice commands were kept on the leash. All doggy introductions were carefully managed, and poop bags were diligently deployed. But to get to the trail, we had to traverse our development. That meant running a gamut of psychotic, shrieking little Fidos who flung themselves at windows if they were inside and, if outside, stormed their fences or struggled to escape their owner's tentative control, yapping with miniature savagery the whole time. I never blamed the dogs. A number of them we knew were gifts from well-meaning adult children to relieve their parents' isolation, or maybe to relieve their own guilt. Either way, the intention was good. The problem was that some of these dogs came from puppy mills that churned out wholly unsocialized little critters with emotional issues. Often the recipients of those puppies had zero knowledge or experience with training or managing a dog. And the smaller the dog, the larger the assumption was that little cutums never, ever needed correction. There was one lady who liked to walk her hairy imp to the community mailroom and tie it up outside on a nice long lead. While she was inside checking for letters, her dog spent its time barking in frantic rage, rushing to the extreme end of its tether in hopes of biting anything that got close enough. Oh, he's just playing, the lady once said to my husband as he narrowly avoided its snapping, calf-high jaws. Like I said, not the dog's fault. 
As annoying and low-level menacing as they were, I felt a little sorry for the doggies themselves, who clearly weren't very happy about the world outside their houses. They seemed to regard it as one giant affront. What did get under my skin were the dog owners, thankfully not a lot of them, who assumed that it was everyone else's obligation to make smooth the path for their badly behaved leash lice. Like the woman I encountered one overcast morning. It was threatening rain, so instead of hiking out to the trail, I took Molly down to the corner where there was an empty lot. Molly is a polite, quiet, utterly inoffensive animal. In that sense, I guess Molly disproves the idea that dogs resemble their owners because we can't claim to be that nice. She's well-trained to the point where she won't even enter a kitchen or stare at us while we're eating. She's also so naturally considerate that she thinks it's bad form to poop while she's still on the leash, even though we've tried to convince her otherwise. When we got to the empty lot, I followed our usual procedure of having her sit and stay while I removed her lead chain and then gave her the okay to go ahead and do her thing. Molly dutifully trotted off to one edge of the lot. She was in the midst of taking care of business when the woman emerged at the other edge of the lot. I'd heard her before she appeared because her little white toy Samoyed, or whatever it was, wasn't barking so much as it was shrieking. Every needle-like tooth on display, it gyrated on its pink leather halter like the Warner Brothers version of the Tasmanian Devil. The woman halted, looking at me pointedly as her dog yapped and snarled. Perhaps, I thought, it felt threatened by an untethered dog. How about if I put her on the leash, I offered as I moved toward Molly. Molly, who had finished her business, sat patiently as I looped the lead chain over her head. Please! said the woman over her dog's screeching, which hadn't lessened its ferocity now that Molly was hooked up. She should always be on a leash. I chose to make light of the situation. Well, she refuses to poop while she's on a leash, I explained with a smile as I bent to collect Molly's production in my doggy bag. Well, I'm sure she would eventually, the woman said. Her tone was nastier than her dog's. I attempted a polite deflection. But we always clean up, I assured her, as I did just that. That's really not the issue, said the woman. She stood her ground, staring at us with her weaponized pup. Molly sat patiently next to me. I was no longer smiling. I'm going that way, explained the woman, indicating that her intended path would take her past me and my dog. There was at least twenty feet between us, and both dogs were now leashed. But clearly, she expected further accommodation. I led Molly to the opposite end of the lot, as far from her and her beast as we could get without denying my dog the rest of her morning break. The woman marched off, her ferocious fur ball in tow, an expression of righteous judgment on her face. Her dog's barking reverberated all the way down the formerly quiet block. And then I let Molly off her leash again. Some battles aren't worth fighting. Lady, you're one reason I don't miss the old neighborhood. Go ahead. Be as judgy as you want. You and your little dog, too. But now you're in my story. So there. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Here's a Thought with Jan M. Flynn. If you haven't yet, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and please do leave a review or a star rating wherever you can. If you'd like to read more about me or check out my blog, visit me at janmflynn.net or search for me, Jan M. Flynn, on medium.com. Until next time, may you be surrounded by good neighbors 
May all the dogs in your life be friendly, and may all your thoughts be good ones. <laughs>